Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Rachel Kelly. Now, the Singapore Exchange has reported its latest set of earnings. And for the first half of 2023, we saw a 30% increase in net profit. It's at uh, 284.6 million from 218.7 a year earlier. Now, the bourse operators said that this year on year increase in net profit came on the back of a 9.6% growth in revenue that was to $571.4 million, driven mainly by an increase in derivatives trading and clearing revenue, as well as treasury income. To break down the numbers, we're joined now by Ng Yao Lung, who is the Chief Financial Officer of SGX. Yao Lung, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Hey, morning, Rachel. Glad to be back on your show. Good to have you with us and congratulations on the latest set of numbers. Thank you. So as I mentioned, 30% increase in net profit for the first half of 2023. Derivatives trading and clearing revenue, some of the main drivers there. Yeah, we start from the revenue. And and as you mentioned, derivatives uh, was a key driver. And this time around, what I wanted to present in terms of the results uh, was bringing together the derivatives across all the asset classes. We are familiar with how SGX has always reported its financials, the fixed income, currencies, commodities, equity, derivatives, and so on. But when I bring them together as a derivatives business, the revenue, including the treasury income, they contribute about 45% of our revenue, and they grew at 28%. And what was particularly pleasing was that it was driven across all asset classes. It was broad-based. We saw volume. We saw fee increases. So that actually reflects the premium that global investors place on our platform to manage their risk. Mm. And that said, I mean, taking a closer look at currencies and commodities, got currency commodity revenue up around 40%. What are some of the changes that you've seen in the commodities markets that have led to that? I think your derivative volumes uh, also increased. Yes. So when we look at the FICC segment of the currencies and commodities, mm-hmm. clearly commodities was a, was a, a star performer. And I think when you see recovery in real economic uh, activity, whether yeah. it's trade, whether it's construction, that will naturally lead to more risk management activities. I think we've seen that for iron ore, which show... Uh, a big um, increase in volumes, I think almost 50%, um, reaching record volumes for the first half of uh, FY23. And clearly looking forward uh, with China reopening, uh, we expect to see more activities um, domestically, and that could lead to further risk management activities on our platform. You read my mind. That was my next question. Uh, your outlook and your thoughts on uh, commodities-related contracts with China's reopening. Um, for investors who are looking to tap into this, what's available for them at the SGX? Well, we've got the iron ore contracts, and then we've got the freight contracts. That's the the ship that carries the uh, the iron ore. And then we've got the steel rebus. So that forms the virtual steel mill that we have and, and, and market participants clearly can get into the various products and get exposure in whatever sub uh, sectors that they are uh, that they would like to get into. I think what's also 
exciting for me, mm-hmm. not, not just looking at the current contracts, but looking at what's coming up. So a couple of months ago, we launched the EV metal contracts, four of them is for the long haul. We see greater demand for EV metals, whether it's cobalt, lithium, and we are positioning ourselves mm-hmm. for the long haul. Um, in a few weeks time, uh, subject to regulatory approval, we are potentially also launching uh, four container contracts representing the busiest or one of the busiest uh, container shipping lanes uh, globally from China to the US, China to North Europe and Mediterranean. So I think this gives investors or market participants greater venue to express their views for container shipping actually offers a key insight into a projection of consumer spending. What kind of demand do you see for this particular type of product? I mean, some investors may not be that familiar with these types of contracts. Yeah, so, so largely we see the demand coming from the freight forwarders, cargo owners or ocean liners. I think what you have seen um, with the pandemic-induced supply chain disruptions, the cost of containers have gone up rapidly and then it came back down as well. So I think it has, re- it has reinforced the importance of risk management and we believe that these contracts will find um, real traction uh, with some of these players that I've mentioned. But we also know that this will take time, so we're not expecting um, the liquidity that we see in some of our major contracts on day one. This will take time. We will have to work with our ecosystem. People will then get a lot more familiar with these contracts as more people use it, more people talk about it. So there will be an education process along the way as well. Let's see. Okay. Now, uh, Yaolin, we briefly spoke about fixed income, as you mentioned, as part of the FICC revenue and bonds are back this year. Do you see further traction for your fixed income biz on the back of that as well? Well, the first half of uh, FY23, or which was the second half of calendar year 2022, was uh, was a difficult um, period for issuers looking to raise capital and for investors to get their head around given the rapid interest rate hikes. So with this settling, I think we have seen positive surprises coming in, at least on a macro front at the beginning of 2023. We are likely to see more activities from issuers and investors as well looking to deploy their capital. So I'm optimistic and and that doesn't just apply to the fixed income but to the equities uh, initial public offering as well. We will see more companies coming to the market as they get more confident, the sentiments improving, and we will see a, more activity in this space. Speaking of equities, just, just take a quick look at your equity numbers. So equity revenue comprising equity cash as well as equity derivatives increased by 3%. I think it was to 344.7 million. It accounted for 60% of total revenue. You saw, was it? Uh, four new equity listings, which raised about $9.7 million. As you mentioned, you expect things to pick up. But I've got to ask you, SPACs was quite a big story the last time we spoke. And do you see SPACs in your pipeline? Or do you think the SPAC appetite has kind of dried up and perhaps is over? How I would characterize, and we're coming off the back of quite challenging market conditions in the last six to seven months, I think generally I would say uh, there's a wait and see attitude. So we clearly had three specs um, listing um, 
in the early 2022. And within a period of time, they need to deploy their proceeds. And so given a market environment, uh, clearly there will be challenges in trying to de-spec, as we call it. So I do think that potential issuers of spec, uh, investors who are looking in this sector, are clearly taking a wait and see attitude to see how the de-spec process go. And I think if the de-spec process goes well, then it will give greater confidence. People will be a lot more familiar with this product. And I think that will create the way forward for more specs and de-specs to happen. Yanling, what's your focus in the year ahead? GX now, in comparison to 10 years ago, naturally with the evolution of the market, has many, many pillars. And while for some investors this may seem complicated, I want to find out from you what your focus is. Well, I think the, the SGX business, if I sort of put it uh, together, it's, it's not so complicated. We still have a securities trading and clearing business. I mean, people are very familiar with it. And then we have the derivatives. It's just that we have expanded into different asset classes, um, whether it's commodities or whether it's FX or equity derivatives. And what underlies it is that we are giving or we are providing a platform for investors to express their views on Asia in a single venue. So that is our key differentiator. Uh, they come in to say, look, I want to take a view on a certain country through a certain product. And I would like to also then hedge my FX risk uh, in on SGX. So I think those are the ways that we are trying to be more relevant to, the, to, to our end customers, to our market participants, right? They don't do just single things. They would have to manage their risk. They often have to manage them as a portfolio. And that's how we serve them. Wonderful. Well, Yaoling, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Thank you. Thank you. We've been speaking with Ng Yaoling, who is the Chief Financial Officer at the Singapore Exchange here on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.